you are Locked On A's, your daily Oakland A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How's it going, A's fans, and welcome to episode 137 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and on today's show, I have an interview with Melissa Lockard of The Athletic. She has been writing about the A's forever, I believe. Uh, She is a fantastic resource for everything A's prospects. She also writes about the Giants prospects a little bit, too, so uh, if you have some love for the Cross Bay Rivals. Uh, she's got you covered there. She talks about the A's playoffs, all that stuff. She's a wonderful follow on Twitter. She's a better person. Um, so I was very happy that she was able to come on the show, talk to me a little bit about the A's and White Sox, how they how the two teams match up, talking a little bit about uh, who the A's linchpin could be in this series, the A's depth, and also who could end up starting game three of the AL. Uh, wild card series, I guess is what we're going to call it. Uh, Who could end up starting that game if it goes to a game three? Also in the interview, we talked about who could be the potential game one and two starters. But uh, as she said, we'd probably find out in 20 minutes. Uh, It has been much longer than 20 minutes and we have found out the starters are going to be Jesus Uzardo in game one and Chris Bassett in game two. I am totally good with Chris Bassett. Have full faith in him. Uh, I think that that might be a good matchup. Because if the A's drop game one, you got your most consistent starter in game two when you need a win. And also he's going against Dallas Keuchel, who's probably going to shut down the A's offense. So uh, it'll be nice to have somebody who can match him uh, pitch for pitch in Chris Bassett. With Jesus Luzardo, we will see. I'll get into that here in a second, though. Uh, first, the plugs. Please follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at by Jason B on Twitter. If you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So Jesus Luzardo. Uh, it was a, an interesting choice that the A's made. He wasn't necessarily on my radar. I thought that if they were going to go with a lefty, they would go with Sean Manaya, but maybe they're staying away from Manaya, not because of what he did last postseason, but to give somebody else a chance. And I think that Luzardo has the highest ceiling of the pitchers on the staff, so that's probably what they're going with. I assume they have a nice plan of attack. The White Sox have been very good against left-handed starters this year. They are undefeated against lefties, but... Have they faced somebody as good as Luzardo? Not necessarily. They've been facing like the Royals and the Twins have Rich Hill and he throws 90 miles an hour. So they haven't faced somebody like Luzardo. And if the good Luzardo comes up, I think that he could, you know, do just fine against this lineup. So we'll have to see if he's locating his pitches, if he's executing well. This, as I said in yesterday's podcast, this series is about execution. If he executes his pitches, I think that he's going to be just fine. Plus, the A's naming Luzardo as the Game 1 starter led to this quote from Tim Anderson, the White Sox star shortstop. He said, it's a lefty, so we'll take it. Nothing against him, but we have been doing good against lefties. I guess they haven't done their homework, so hopefully we can get out and continue to do what we've been doing against lefties. Uh, I know that I I like Tim Anderson. I I really do. And this doesn't really change that. But it does sound as though they might be uh, not cocky, but maybe a little bit overconfident heading into this matchup, Luzardo's no slouch. If he's on, he'll shut down any lineup that he faces. So that's a plus on the A side. Also, the White Sox, by and large, do not have postseason experience. Maybe you got to go in with some swag, or maybe you got to be ready for a dogfight. I don't know that going off of this quote, if they are ready for that dogfight, the A's know what they're in for. They've been facing the Yankees and the Rays. 
they know what the playoffs entail. And, uh, you know, may- maybe this is something to look forward to. Um, if they're overlooking the A's and Jesus Uzardo, I'm all for it. Let them get beaten two games. So that was the first bit of news that came out since we recorded the podcast. The other bit of news is that J.B. Wendelkin has been added to the playoff roster. I've been saying it for a, a few days now since he landed on the I.L. Uh, if he can come back, that is a huge bonus for the A's. He can go out, pitch a couple of innings, save some other guys, and give you some quality innings right there. He'll save you in a big spot if you need him to. He'll mop up and keep you in a game if you need him to do that too. I really like J.B. Wendelkin. I think that he's going to be a big key for the A's having a, a deep postseason run. So hopefully he gets out there, he starts shoving, and we'll see how it goes from there. Uh, on the other side of this, I have my talk with Melissa Lockhart talking about the A's and White Sox and a little bit, you know, if the A's do advance to the ALDS and who she thinks could end up winning the World Series. But first, just a quick reminder, please follow us on social media. I will be live tweeting all three of the A's games here this week as long as they play three. Uh, I'll be live tweeting those along with you guys. So come have some fun with us at Locked On A's on both Twitter and Instagram. Twitter's where I'll be tweeting because that makes more sense. That's what the platform's for. It's for tweeting and saying thoughts. Uh, also, if you like the podcast, please subscribe wherever you like your podcasts. Uh, we're on all those things. So just go ahead and subscribe. If you also, if you really like what we're doing, please leave a, a five-star review if you can. That helps us get more sponsors and uh, do things. Speaking of sponsors, I got one for you guys. We're talking about rockauto.com and they're a family-owned business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. Best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same auto parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write code Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box and let them know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And so with that, here is my conversation with Melissa Lockard of The Athletic. Uh, you can follow her at Melissa Lockard on Twitter if you so choose. Uh, if you want to just uh, go to the show notes, I'll send a link in there for where you can follow her and uh, all that stuff. So go ahead and do that. And once the talk's done, I'll just do the outro music and uh, podcast to be over. So I'll do my, out- my outro now. Uh, stay indoors. Celebrate good times, Oakland. Keep wearing those masks. Let's get a win. Let's get a win. Let's, get- let's win game one today, you guys. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. But for right now, I'm talking to Melissa Lockard of The Athletic, so please enjoy. I am talking with one of my favorite people in the A's universe, and that is the reason that I have a subscription to The Athletic. It is Melissa Lockard of The Athletic. How you doing, Melissa? Good. Thanks so much for the kind introduction, Jason. I appreciate it. I, I wanted to talk you up a little bit. I'm like, hey, she's <laughs> fun. So. <laughs> um, so the A's are playing the White Sox. What are your initial feelings about this matchup? Obviously, the Astros would have been a better matchup, I think, for the A's, but it's better than the Indians, so there's that. Uh, how do you think the two teams match up overall? You know, it's it's kind of one of those things where I think when you're looking at an opponent, you never want to wish for some particular scenario because whatever scenario you are kind of wishing for, I think, ends up biting you. Um, in the backside. So, you know, I, I guess the Astros on paper certainly would have looked like the team to face up. But of course, that's a team that could probably turn it on at any time. So 
Um, you know, I, I think the White Sox were coming into before 2021 sideways, coming into this season were a team that I think a lot of people thought would take a big step forward, and they did. Uh, they didn't play well the last week or so. Um, you know, they had a chance to win the division title, and they kind of let that fall through their fingers. But obviously, it's one of the top hitting teams in all of baseball. You know, they've got power at almost every lineup spot. They've got a lot of speed. They're dynamic athletes. Uh, the defense is, is also really good. Um, against left-handed pitching, they're almost invincible. So it's going to be interesting to see how the A's line up their starting rotation, you know, given that they're, all of a sudden they're facing a team that is so much better against left-handed starters than right-handed starters. Um, but I think it's just a well-rounded, good team. You know, they've got a lot of young players, but then they added in some veterans this year um, that bring some postseason experience and some stability to, you know, a young clubhouse. And I think it's going to be a good series. Speaking of the rotation, though, they haven't announced who they're going to be throwing out in games one, two, or three, if necessary. Uh, how do you see that shaking out? I had Manaya slotted as game one starter. He's been pitching really well. Uh, you go left, right, and all that stuff. But facing the White Sox, as you said, they crush lefties. Uh, they have a 143 WRC plus as a team against left-handers, and that's just unfair. Uh, do you see the A's maybe putting Mike Fires in that number one spot and going Chris Bassett game two? Um, or flip-flop those guys, do you think that Mike Fires gets a start here? You know, I think before the White Sox ended up being the opponent, I would have said no. Now that they are, I think there's a decent chance, and we'll probably find out in the next 20 minutes or so here. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I think, interestingly, Mike Fires' last start in the regular season came against the Dodgers, and if you're going to warm up for a team – like the White Sox, I think the Dodgers are a fairly good test to have to throw out there. You know, the, the Dodgers do a little bit more back and forth in terms of being left-handed, right-handed, and the, the White Sox are more strictly right-handed. But, um, you know, you're looking at a team that, similar to the Dodgers, is going to wear you out with hitters one through nine. And you know, Fires did well in those five innings, probably would have gone another inning had uh, the A's not wanted to have Jesus Lozardo come in and pitch on the same day as, as Mike. So, uh, you know, certainly I think he offers an interesting option for them. I think if you look at last year, he got off to a slow start and then by midseason was one of the best pitchers in the league, even if he doesn't do it in a way that's particularly flashy. And he's at that sort of part of the season now, uh, innings wise, that he was, uh, you know, last year when he really hit his stride. So, you know, maybe he is at that point where um, it, it would be a good one to go to. Obviously, he's wanted a start in the postseason the last two years and they didn't go that direction. So maybe this is the year that it happens. I mean, it it would be something to have him go out there for the first time in two years with the A's and get his postseason start and just completely dominate. That would be a lot of fun. Um, I, I'm a little bit worried about the A's trying to counterpunch because I feel like Manai is probably their best option, but Fires isn't a bad option either. So um, it, it'll be interesting to see which way they go. As you said, we'll probably find out uh, before this goes up. But hey, this is fun speculation. Um, <laughs> sticking with the rotation, though, how do you see game three starter going? Um, I, I obviously you want to probably stick with a righty, but Frankie Montas wouldn't be able to give you all the innings. Are they going to go Frankie Montas for a couple and then bullpen it or throw whoever is out there and try to get fresh arms in whatever situations they can uh, game three, if, if necessary would be a very interesting uh, way of seeing how the A's attack this White Sox lineup. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe a mix and match option would be their best uh, kind of card to pull at that point. You know, you, you talk about Montas threw 113 pitches on Sunday. So uh, certainly I don't think you'd 
want him or expect him to throw many, if any, innings that day. It could be a throw day, though, for him, in which case maybe he'd be good for two innings there. Um, but maybe you go with sort of your right-handed heavy bullpen al alignment at that point. And obviously a lot would depend on how much usage they had gotten in the first two games. But you look at, you know, Lou Trevino in 2018 came out and gave multiple innings in that wild card game. Uh, if J.B. Wendelkin is available, he's another guy that can go a couple of innings. Um, you know, obviously Petit can go a few innings, although I don't know necessarily how well he matches up with a home run hitting team as a fly ball pitcher. But, um, you know, they've got some options that they can look at uh, from a right-handed perspective. And then depending on who started games one and two, you know, you could always look to Lazardo to come in if he didn't start either of those games and um, either come in in a bullpen situation where you're at a point of a lineup where, you know, it would be effective to bring in the lefty. Um, or have him start and figure it would be on a short leash and not let that second time through the lineup kind of come and, and get him. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I think it, it's one of those things where, you know, it's if it gets to that game three, you almost treat it as if it's that one game wild card, right? So uh, all options would pretty much be on the table. I feel like if J.B. Wendelkin is able to come back and pitch at all in this series, that would be a huge bonus for the A's. They'd have some guys that could go multiple innings if they need to, and uh, I'd really enjoy watching that, obviously. Um, if he's not able to come in, what is your biggest concern for the A's in this particular matchup? Yeah, I mean, I think it's – it's one of those things where I think this, the White Sox are going to get their runs. Um, you know, they're a good offensive team and uh, I don't know that you're going to be able to keep them off the board for an entire series. So can the A's respond to that offensively? You know, the last two wild cards, they got down early and weren't really able to come back, even though in both of those games, really, they had uh, plenty of time to, to make up early deficits. They just weren't really able to get off the mat. Um, so can they, you know, come back if they fall down early a little bit? Um, you know, and then just it's the same kind of thing with postseason. It always comes down to one small moment. And can they get those small moments to go their way this time as opposed to the other direction? I, I definitely talked about that on this morning's podcast. I, I said, as, as lame as it sounds, it's going to be a matter of execution in this series. Whoever comes up with those big spots doesn't allow the other team other opportunities. That's going to be the difference maker in this series. And one reason that I think that the A's could be that team regardless of how they've been playing recently with runners in scoring position and all that stuff is for the first time in a while in their playoff matchup, they actually are the team that has more playoff experience than their opponent. Uh, obviously Dallas Keuchel game two starter has pitched in the world series, but by and large, this White Sox team is untested. Do you think that plays any, any role uh, during Lucas Giolito's no hitter in the ninth inning? He threw a ball to the backstop. He, he's a guy that gets amped up. He's a guy that can feel nerves. I, I think, uh, do you think that maybe he's missing location in the first inning? The A's touch him up a little bit and they can get out to that fast start that they haven't been able to. Is it as simple as that? Yeah, I mean, it, it's certainly possible. You know, I think the one thing this year, of course, is that you don't have the normal playoff atmosphere where you've got a sold out crowd and either the crowd is pulling for you or pulling against you. But, um, you know, you feel that energy from the crowd and it does sort of speed up heart rates a little bit. Um, so it's hard to know if playoff experience will matter as much in this sort of environment. Then again, you know, they started the season saying home field advantage wouldn't really exist. And, and certainly I think you can argue for the A's that it did exist. Um, they played much, much better at the Coliseum than they did on the road. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm not sure. I, I do think that 
the A's learned a lot from their 2018 experience going into Yankee Stadium. Uh, I think they felt like they were calm and ready to go uh, last season, and it just didn't work out for them. So I don't expect nerves to be an issue for the A's. Um, it's hard to know if they'll be an issue for the White Sox. I'm very much looking forward to seeing how this all plays out. I, I, basically, if they can stay away from allowing runs in the first inning, I think that might go a long way to building up their confidence and being like, hey, we are not down. We Maybe we have a lead after one inning, and we'll see how it goes from there, as opposed to they've been in deficits each of the last two seri- uh, seasons. So uh, it, it'll, that'll be fun to see if they, uh, they turn that one around. Who do you think could be the A's biggest difference maker in this short three-game series? Do you think starting pitcher? you think uh, like Tommy LaStella is just going to be wearing out Dallas Keuchel and uh, Lucas Giolito? Who, who has a chance to really be the difference maker for the A's? You know, I think Marcus Simeon is a guy that um, could make or break the whole um, A's lineup and not to, you know, put it all on his shoulders. But um, when he's going well at the top of the lineup, the whole lineup sort of works really well. You know, you, he's he's kind of um, setting the tone with his good at bats. And then you get down to Mark Hanna, who's, you know, wearing pitchers out. And when Ramon Laureano is zoomed in, he's taking a lot of pitches and obviously Matt Olson. Um, so it, it creates a good tempo for how the offense works. Um, and, you know, I think his inconsistency and obviously he went through a lot with the injury and everything else Um, but his inconsistency this season was probably a lot to do with why the offense was inconsistent Um, and if he's able to turn it back on for this series um, I think that would make a huge difference at the top of the lineup I think Lacella makes a really nice one-two punch for the A's when Simeon is playing well at the top of that lineup there and um, yeah I mean I think if he can be the Marcus Simeon of 2019 the offense just has a whole different look to it. I, I looked up some stats on Marcus last night. I think he was five for 12 against Dallas Keuchel in Keuchel's Cy Young season. Uh, it, it's hard to go back too far in time because, you know, Simeon's a different player now and Dallas Keuchel has been up and down. But I was like, hey, let's see how he did against him when Simeon wasn't quite as good. And also Dallas Keuchel was winning the AL Cy Young. So uh, that could be something that gets him started in game two. I feel like game two is going to be an interesting one. Game one, I feel like the A's might be able to not steal because they're the higher seed and they're at home, but uh, they'd have a better chance. Dallas Keuchel's been really good the last four or five starts, allowing like one run. So uh, it'll be an interesting matchup on that one. Uh, If the A's do happen to advance to a five or seven game series here, uh, how do you like their depth stacking up against teams like the Twins? Or I, I know the Rays have depth, so I'm not going to go that far. Let's talk about the ALDS. If they face the Twins or the Astros uh, in the next round, potentially. Um, and I'm only asking you this because I have you here right now and probably not the next week. Um, how, how do you like their depth going forward? Yeah, I mean, I, I think they've got a lot of depth. Um, obviously, not having Matt Chapman makes a huge difference. Um, but the fact that Chad Pinder is back means they have most of the bullets that they normally would have going into this um, you know, type of a, a series. And I think Jake Lamb has been a decent replacement for Matt Chapman, all things considered. So they can do a lot of mixing and matching in a, a longer series. The fact that there aren't going to be off days in a longer series means you have to go through a full five-man rotation. And if Frankie Montas really, you know, did kind of figure it out in that last start, the way he really looked like he was finishing his pitches so much better. Uh, you know, that could be a huge deal in a, a five game or a seven game series when all of a sudden, you know, the guy that was your opening day starter and unquestionably one of the top starters in the league for the first, you know, four turns through the rotation 
disappeared for the rest of the year and then comes back and is that guy again, that could be a, a big de- deal difference in a uh, five or seven game series. But obviously they've got to get there first. Oh, definitely. They don't have that ace shutdown starting pitcher, but they do have some really decent guys that could match up very well. They have a bunch of like two, three, four starters. And some teams don't have that much depth. And so I'd like to see them get to that and test other teams' depth. They've got a nice bullpen. They can go five or six deep. So you're not going to be wearing guys out. They'll be a little bit more fresh than like uh, the Nationals last year where they had five pitchers, I believe. Um, So I I like that aspect of this playoff system here. Uh, I'm going to get you out of here on this one, though. Give me a prediction, both for this series and for – the playoffs in general. It doesn't have to be the A's, but you know, what, how are you feeling? Yeah, it's, it's hard. I mean, I, I think there's been so much unknown about this season that it, it's hard to predict anything. I think, I still think the Dodgers are the team that's going to take the world series title. I, they just look like a team that basically was practicing for the regular season and still managed to have the best record. And um, you know, it's got to happen one, one of these years. And I, it feels to me like that this is this year. Um, you know, the series against the White Sox, it's a very formidable op- opponent, um, but the A's have generally played the White Sox really well historically on the West Coast. Um, so, you know, m- maybe it goes the way that my simulated season went where they win the wild, crowd, wild card round and then uh, lose in the, the divisional series. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. No, I'm terrible at predictions. Whatever I say will probably go the other way. But, um, but I do see, <clears throat> excuse me, I do see the Dodgers being the team that, that goes home with the, with the ring at the end of the year. Just for fun, let's say that it's the A's and Dodgers in the 88 rematch. And uh, something happened in that series that was not fun for A's fans. It's one of the best uh, baseball historical moments in history, I, for my money. It, watching it still gives me goosebumps, even though my team was on the other end of it. It, it was a great replay to watch over and over and over. Um, do you think there is any chance that the A's get retribution for 1988 and Matt Chapman comes out on crutches and hits a home run just like Kirk Gibson did. <laughs> I don't think Matt Chapman comes out there on crutches. Um, and uh, that, that moment, it, it may be a good highlight for you to watch. It still makes me angry. because <laughs> I think the first, <laughs> I was, I was uh, 10 and I think it's the first time sports made me cry. So I, I definitely, uh, I, I don't look fondly on those memories at all, but um yeah, I, I don't. I don't see Matt Chapman coming out there with crutches, but maybe the A's find an Oral Hershiser, you know, to come in there, who was really the story of that series, despite the the, the home run there. Um, you find your Oral Hershiser in a World Series, and and you'll win it, no matter how talented the other team is. So uh, maybe Chris Bassett becomes the Oral Hershiser at that point. He does like pitching against the White Sox, so uh, that gives me a little bit of hope for the next coming, you know, the, the next few days here at least. So, yeah. Uh, Thank you so much for joining me, Melissa. Uh, anything you want to plug? Uh, social media, uh, the athletic. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you haven't checked us out yet, the athletic's got a one dollar a month uh, promotion going right now, so it's a good time to sign up and get all the sports in-depth coverage right now that's going on. I mean, all the leagues are basically happening at once, so you can get your fill of anything that you want. And uh, I can be found on Twitter at, at Melissa Lockard. Thank you so much for joining me, Melissa. Thank you so much, Jason. Have a good one. You too. Bye.